Welcome back in, everyone, to a wonderful new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have one of our favorite organizations joining us today and two incredible guests. One, of course, you've heard many times. We are so excited to welcome back the Programs Director with Indie Space, Vashante Brown, and a new face to this conversation, the Operations Coordinator at Indie Space, Joel Guzman. They're here to talk to us today about this new grant, the Pay Your People Grant. Funds are going to be distributed at the Big Give on Tuesday, November 28th at the Chelsea Factory. And more information about this can be found at IndieSpace.org. We've had IndieSpace on our show several times. And every time they keep raising the bar about the great work that they're doing for the performing arts community. So we are so excited to welcome back on IndieSpace. And with that, welcome back, Vashante. Welcome, Joel, to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So excited to be here. Me as well. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm excited. <laughs> I am so happy to have you two here. I literally light up anytime I get an email and it's like indie space. I'm like, so what are they up to these days? <laughs> what great new thing have they stumbled on? And now we have this great grant, the Pay Your People's Grant. Vashante, can you tell us a little bit about this grant? Of course. So the Pay Your People grant was formerly known as the Artist and Leadership Pay Grant. It is something that the Indie Space and the Indie Theater Fund have been doing for just about 10 years. And what they are is our $1,000 grants, which are given to venues, companies, or collectives. And the $1,000 grant is specifically to pay historically excluded artists or leadership that work in or perform in the spaces or in the companies that are granted it. So this year, we are really, really excited to be giving out 60 grants. Every year we get, we do more more last year we did 55 this year of course we're always trying to do more we, we're giving out 60 and those grants are for all the people in our community and again they are very specifically are supposed to be used to pay people who have been ex historically excluded in this space so people who have been exclu historically excluded on the basis of race immigration status other other aspects like that so yeah we're always super duper excited uh, to do it and to keep growing about it and to, and to show people I love this this is my heart just it's singing and I mean, that leads me to a question that I want to pass over to you, Joel. I mean, maybe our listeners aren't as familiar with Indie Space. We've got a lot of new listeners. Could you just fill us in real quick about what Indie Space is or what they do? Well, Indie Space celebrates and center independent theater making in New York City. We provide radical transparency, responsive equity-focused funding, and real estate programming, professional development, advocacy for uh, artists, theater companies, and indie venues. So we have different programs, different grants. Besides Pay Your People, we have mental health micro-grants. We have Milk and Eggs for Cost of Living. We have Transportation Grants. We have Emergency Grants and 0% loans. So we have many, many. And also we have space for rehearsal. So we have the West Village Rehearsal Co-op. Like it's no more than $10 for rehearsal space. And we're in development of Indie Space Health Kitchen. That will be a bigger space. We're going to have multiple programs and places to be held there. So we're really excited about what we do. I'm really in. I'm joining. I've been like only three months and it's just like, ah, I'm in the right place. Yes. 
I mean, as champions of the arts ourselves, I, I definitely have to like bow down and tip my hat to what you do for artists and for our community. It's incredible. And steering back to this grant, the Pay Your People grant, this is a 60, 60 of these. That is, a, that is a huge, huge lifeline for a lot of performers out there. Now, Vashante, we've talked in the past about application processes, how they're selected or how people can apply and whatnot. What is the application process like for this grant? A, a lot of the same, you know, our application process, the way that we do it is really, really focused in our values and our values say that we want applications that are, are as accessible as possible, that are short as possible, and that that require the least amount of labor on the part of the applicant as possible. So just like all of our grants, the Pay Your People application is is found on our on our website or on our submittable page, which is linked through our website. And it is a very similar thing. You have to tell us a little bit about the work that your organization does. A little bit of like, you know, just like what's the legal name of the organization and all that other kind of stuff. But then like give us some information about the work that your, your organization does and is planning to do. As a part of the eligibility of this grant, you have to be planning to produce work within the next calendar year. So we just like to have like a little bit of an idea of what that means for you. And then it's, that's pretty much it. The main thing that we have to, that I like to impress upon people is this grant very specifically is not for individual artists, even though a lot of our grants are, but this one is for companies and venues or collectives or productions that are fiscally sponsored so we just have to get we have to cross our t's and dot our i's on that aspect of it but other than that it's a super simple application process because that's what we believe in at indie space i love all of that it's again it, it it's so streamlined and so brilliant and i hope more and more artists get access to this because it's incredible now joel i want to ask who, you know, Vashante kind of touched on it, but can we just clarify who exactly is eligible one more time for this grant? Yes. Yeah, so we have companies and venues. Like Vashante said, it's not like a one individual, so it had to be theater companies involved and also venues are eligible for the Pay Your People grant. Do they have to be in a specific area or is the tri-state area okay? Or New York City. Everything had to be in New York City so far. We love to like one day have the capital, like able to like give it all US. <laughs> but so far, New York City is the way that we can apply. Wonderful. We've kind of spoken a little bit about this final question for the first part, but I'm going to ask both of you because I'm just curious, not only from the indie space point of view, but also from your both of your point of views, both as a program director and an operation coordinator, two people involved in the arts, who do you truly hope have access to these 60 grants? Joel, can I start with you first on that? I mean, you know, indie space is about inclusion. So we want everyone to apply. We want everyone to be part of this. There is no limitation, so we are welcome. Anyone that feel inspired, any theater company, any venue that feel inspired, please apply. And we're going to see you and uh, the big gift because that's one of the requirements there. That hopefully we can see you the big gift, either in person or in Zoom. Hopefully we can meet you all of you there. I love that. And of course, Vishante, who do you well, have access to these? 
Well, you know, I'm going to say the same thing I say every time I'm on one of these things, which is if you need it, apply for it. There, you know, if you, it, this grant very specifically in the way that it is, it, it is set up, it is specifically to pay artists that very often are not paid in an industry because in indie theater very often people are under uh, underpaid by virtue of what we're doing and you know there's a lot of systemic things that go along with that they were, were always trying to help but even looking at that statistic there are certain populations that are of artists that are even that are paid even less if not paid at all and so if you have a historically excluded a member of a historically excluded member in your as an artist in your leadership performing at your venue and you apply for this because this is a way for you to show your support and start to change the change change how we think about the way that we pay people so yeah if you need it apply for it I want to change things up for our second part of the interview. And as always, let our listeners get to know the two of you a little bit better. Of course, Vishanta, we've had you on a few times, so I feel like we're all good friends here. But Joel, you're new to this. So let me start with you and asking what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows inspire you or just some of your favorites? Oh, it's a long list. I come from a family of circus. So I've been doing circus half of my life and then working the founding in my circus. So I have a lot of circus inspiration, like Slava Polinaire, Russian clowns that inspired me to do circus and clowning. That was my first theater's approach. And then just a lot of like Spain, like Federico Garcia Lorca, all these writers, I mean, like amazing to me to like, physical theater, theater like Jack Lecoq is just one of my idols to follow, like that physical movement and how to express yourself. So a lot of, a, a lot of like different background that come to play in these like juggling, clowning, acrobatic, and then administrations all involved to create like a wonderful journey. So if I had to recommend one, Slava Poloni is one of my favorite clowns, so poetic, really good. What he does, like the simplicity of the poetic of humankind is just like, ooh, exquisite. That is fabulous. Wonderful list there. Bashante, I want to ask you, what changes are you most excited for in the theater community or in the upcoming season? I think the thing that I'm really, really excited about is, or, or changes that I'm really excited about seeing in people's upcoming seasons or in the community as a whole is just like a recommitment to the, uh, like the full appreciation of the reason why we do the work. So like, I think that like during the pandemic, because no one could be on stage, there was a real like, oh, we do the work because we believe in the work. We do the work because like, we believe that this is a part of the human condition. And I think that once the, some of the restrictions were lifted and we got back into person, some of it, it in a way that was very cool, it was a very exuberant, is very, we're outside, like we're not thinking <laughs> And so, but I'm like, I, I am a person who just truly appreciates like super like 
intimate and heady stuff and so like I'm really excited about the idea that people are like getting back into the like the like oh at the core of this what do we why do we do this and like it really it's sometimes feels kind of sucky though because it feels like we only do that whenever the world is starting to get really bad again but I do think that that says something again about like the human condition (laughs) and what we do this for and so so that's kind of what I'm thinking about lately I love that answer though. What a wonderful answer. Have either of you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I have not seen a theater show in three months. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Indie Space has been going through a really big transition and and Mm -hmm. we are growing rapidly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so there is a little bit less time to see see work, but Joel and I will be traveling to Puerto Rico for a grant makers conference in this next week, where we'll be able to see a lot of theater and a lot of art, and I'm sure our hearts will be super full of just like, like all the goodness of it. But I think we've both just been like, oh, I think I mostly just worked <laughs> for the last <laughs> yeah. bit. It's, it's been one of those moments. I'm looking forward to see some theater, yeah. I w- I'm looking forward to see uh, Mike and Shannon in Waiting for Godot that is coming. I'm looking forward to see that uh, play. I love Waiting for Godot and multiple versions. So I want to see like what's going to happen with that, the direction and everything, and see uh, Shannon and Paul there. can kind of be great. It's amazing. I love that. Well... I am so excited to arrive at my favorite question and to pick your brains a little bit about this, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Or Vishante, in your case, what's another one of your favorite theater memories? (laughs) You're like really going down the list. (laughs) This is a question because when you are in the, for many years in theater, just pick one. I will pick one that happened to me. It's actually one of my, it's, it's a duality of like something bad and something good at the same time. I remember being a play, playing a character called, actually was a clown too, in a play called Tique Pasa en Cinco Años, their five-year pass from Federico Garcia Lorca. And, you know, anything sometimes can happen. So one of the characters supposed to have a wig, blonde wig, and the wig got, got mess. Like missing, you don't know where it is. You don't really do. And the character came, and we are freeze there in our moment. And then this character, another friend of mine, entered without the wig, and we are looking at each other like, okay, the the wig is not there, the wig is not there. And many people come to see that character because it's one of like really a poetic character in the play. So at the moment, the power of improvisation and that what to do in an uncertainty situation. I have that really in my memory, like how to react when life sometimes give you something that is not supposed to happen at this moment and how to react to it. So I, I always like compare that moment of like, this is a script, this is supposed to happen, but it did not happen. How we react to it, you would keep going, keep going with the play, keep going, everything is normal. Uh, and and bet, do the best that we can at this moment. So I usually use that memory that was really uncomfortable, but at the same time, life-changing of life. You know, life's like that. Sometimes it's planned, sometimes stuff happens, and how we react on it is allows our set to keep growing and get better. So 
for sure next time that we never been missed like that that week again but it was a memory for all my friends everyone that attend that place so yeah that that's one memory that i have that is those that are like good and bad but at the end like a great result <laughs> i love that that's fantastic though way to think on your feet i love it Vishante, how about you okay so this one and please stop me if i already told this because like at this point i have so many stories rolling around my head so just tell me so when i was i've done theater since, uh, since i was like eight years old and when i was in high school was the very first time that i decided that i wanted to do a musical i had done straight plays and mostly shakespeare before that a ninth, nine-year-old doing Shakespeare. It's crazy. Anyway, but so I decided I didn't want to be, be in a musical. I have a twin brother and my twin brother does not do theater, but he is a amazing singer. And so he was in choir and I was in theater. And so it felt like a very cool thing because he was going to be singing in, in, the, in the show. And I was like, I want to as well. But I can't sing at all <laughs> or rather like I was never trained I don't have any natural ability in it and I also had no training and when you have a twin like there is a certain level of once one of you chooses a thing the other one can't do it because it's like we spent we are the same person already so like you can't do the thing I'm doing you know <laughs> so like I just was like okay I'll stay in my lane you stay in yours and I it was for hairspray and I sang whatever the audition side was. And at that point, I, I knew the directors and everyone for a very, very long time. And I and it was very known that I was a great actress, but they had never heard me sing. And the theater director, who I do not begrudge her, laughed. And I think she thought I was doing it as a joke because it was really bad. But I was doing it fully like like you know like sincerely and not to say it traumatized me but I did not sing for years <laughs> after that I I obviously didn't get the, into the show but I <laughs> I didn't sing for years after that and it was always just like a thing that I joked about a lot because I was like oh I'll never be a triple threat you know because I can't sing very well and that was through my high school career that was through my undergraduate career and that was through most of my graduate school career and the last show that I ever did in graduate school was The Revolutionist and I auditioned for it and I had heard that you know if you if Marianne the black the black woman character if that character sings at, in the show and like during the audition I was just very clear about like hey I don't really like I can't sing very well and like if that's going to be a thing that's going to preclude me like that's totally fine and they were like oh it's like one or two lines it's totally fine like we can cut it or we can give it to someone else and I was like great got casted and it got to the first rehearsal read the full script oh it is it is about half of the last scene is Marianne singing by herself. And I was like, you set me up. <laughs> I like felt like, like I had been set up to fail, but like, I love doing theater. So I, and I like, I love the creative process. So I went and I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I remember the very first time that I was supposed to sing in, in a rehearsal. And it was a full rehearsal with like the director, the, a SM team, all the other cast, I opened my mouth and I started crying a lot. And they were like, yikes. <laughs> well, no, they were like very caring, but it was very obvious that like, we were not going to do the song that day in rehearsal. And so we were, my director, who was a beautiful, beautiful woman, was like, how about we come in privately and we just, the first time you sing it, it's just with me and a piano. 
we and I sang it, we talked through it, and honestly, I got someone just told me how singing works and like let me be bad at it, but let me like just work towards it and go like this is what you're doing and this is what you should be doing and you're never going to hit this but how about we do this instead and like really worked through it by by like warm up for any rehearsal even if I was not singing was to sing the song like it was like a just a thing where I just got the reps in fast forward to the production uh, to to opening night right of this thing I like I kind of I don't really get nervous on opening nights I that's not me I'm like I've done my work I'm just gonna go out there and do the work that I've already been doing I was nervous about this song so this is the last scene of the entire play it is this really beautiful cathartic moment and it's like it's it's so important (laughs) and I was like I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna like I'm not going to be able to do it. And I did. And I don't remember doing it, but I did it because like I, because I was told that I did it, you know, like, and just the, but I do remember like, like directly after the last line is like, the lights go down, the show's over. And I remember the lights coming back up for, for, you know, curtain call for bows and like, just feeling like, oh, oh, this, I could have been doing this eight years ago and it was just because and it wasn't even that like you know I was so like my like my director at high school was really messed up and it was a traumatic thing it was like no I a person had a reaction to a thing that I did that I had no control over but was not done maliciously I know for a fact was not done maliciously and I put a restriction on myself that I wouldn't even try again and so to like and so, yeah, I do kind of believe that my grad school director set me up by by like li- like te- lying and saying that there was only two lines. But I think that she like she must have known that I would I would have just not auditioned if I knew that like how much singing there was. And so by going like I'm taking that like taking that choice away from you to give up before you start, and so then go like you're not bad because you are bad or even if like what's bad and good but like you're not bad by virtue of you you don't know what you're doing and it's not a thing that you're born knowing how to do so like let's just learn together and let's be in a space in which you get to just learn it without having all this other kind of stuff and like Am I, am I am I going to audition for many other a full musical? No. Like, <laughs> but I I am to this day extremely proud of that little the little song that I sang. And the fact that I did it. And I did it a cappella, which means I had to find that note myself, which was really hard. <laughs> but but yeah. Sorry, this was a very long story. <laughs> no, I love that though. What a wonderful story. Way to overcome that. That's brilliant. A great improv story and a great overcoming story. Thank you two so much for those great memories. Those were wonderful. Are there any other projects or productions that either of you have coming on the pipeline or Indie Space has coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? As far as Indie Space, we always have our grants. Uh, this, the ones that we always have open are open. So the mental health grant as as you know is fully open pay your people the big give which will be our big event is is coming up as well then we move into the start of 2024 and we're we will be 
maybe announcing some new things. We're getting some, we're getting some dotting our I's, crossing our T's on that front. But we, but please, please, please look for things concerning different community resources that we're going to be offering in the coming year, more opportunities for the rehearsal space that we'll be offering in the coming year. And as always, like our responsive funding. So funding that we do based off of the needs of our community. So it's like, it's really hard because I don't want to spoil anything or until it's we're fully ready to announce it. But look at Indie Spaces stuff in the upcoming year. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> Love that. Joel, anything from you? All information you can find in this space or and social media in this space, New York City. So follow us and uh, get updated about everything that Vishant is saying, uh, everything that is coming. So we're really happy to you have up here. So thank you so much. Well, fabulous. Well, Vishante, Joel, thank you two so much for stopping by today. It's always so wonderful to see you. And it's incredible to get an opportunity to talk about the wonderful work that Indie Space is doing. So thank you two so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you. It's always so great to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, Andrew. A pleasure. My guests today have been the programs director at Indie Space, Vashante Brown, and the operations coordinator, Joel Guzman, who stopped by today to talk to us about the Pay Your People grants. These funds are going to be distributed at the Big Give on Tuesday, November 28th at the Chelsea Factory. You can get more information by visiting their website, indiespace.org. You can also follow them on social media at IndieSpaceNYC. And hey, if you want to reach out to them, send them an email at hello at IndieSpace.org. IndieSpace does so, so much good for the performing arts here in New York City. They're truly God's gift to our community. And we want to do everything we can to support them. So also, if you're in a position to help support IndieSpace, do what you can. But if you're an artist who is in need of a grant and qualify for this, Head to IndieSpace.org and find more information out about the Pay Your People grants. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the tutor in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.